Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of Good morning and welcome to this Friday's episode of uh, JA's Recipe for Success. As you know, uh, this is brought to you by Junior Achievement of South Florida. I'm your host, Lori Salarulo, uh, and proud to be the president and CEO. This show is all about featuring entrepreneurs and leaders who share the ingredients to their success, not only with our audience, but also, also with our students who are learning all about entrepreneurship, career skills, career readiness, and financial literacy. And I think we'd all agree that those things are more important today than ever before. Uh, This uh, Friday's guest is someone that I've gotten to know over the last couple of years, and I proudly call friend. Uh, He's like a brother, and he's a paisan from New York, although he's Jewish, but that's okay. Uh, And so I want to introduce to you David Douglas Greenberg, who has over 25 years of leadership and consulting experience, uh, served on the executive board of NYMEX, and so uh, been through 9-11, brings so much experience around crisis management. And so we are going to bring in my friend, David. Good morning. Good to see you. Good morning. Good to see you, too. First and foremost, how are you doing? I'm good. I think we're all a bit tired, and that's okay. Uh, tired of being tired, as they <laughs> blazing saddles. Um, but you know what? You know, it's like I said. Anybody that comes out of this the same that they went into this kind of missed the opportunity of of the true change that's taking place all around the, all around the world. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was uh, t- we had a team meeting yesterday, and uh, one of the questions that I threw out to them was, you know. What are you learning every day? Sure. This is going on. Whether it's a new technology, whether it's something you're learning about a teammate, whether it's something you're learning about a teacher or volunteer or a donor, what is it or you're learning or about yourself? What is it you're learning every day? A little bit of each. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, yeah, the days are filled with all of those things, getting to know more about all that. Absolutely. So I want to start... A little bit. You spent a lot, a lot of time in New York, uh, in the markets. Um, and so obviously you have seen a lot um, of similar type of instances that we're going through today, right? Not the pandemic is different than 9-11 or than a stock market crash or a recession, but sure. similar outcomes, right? Economically. Well, economically and also emotionally, because you know we were there, you know, everything that happened in the world from 9-11 to Katrina, to Superstorm Sandy, uh, to the Gulf Wars. As uh, you know, but some of your viewers don't, you know, I was a trader on the floor of the oil exchange. And, you know, we were the guys that were screaming and yelling <clears throat> and getting spit on all day, uh, whole nother story. Uh, but it, it immediately affected us per minute. Uh, and when you get used to reacting like that, one, you see on an emotional level that things come, go, and they pass. Uh, that you can actually work better at a heightened state of the mental ability to think when things are kind of turned up a little bit. Uh, but the, the, what's different about this is that this is like, you know, those things are like ripping off a band quick, right? 
you're ripping off painful, the market moves, goes crazy, there's chaos everywhere, and then it kind of subsides. This has just been a slow grind for everything. And the slow grind, I think, is what's really starting to get to a lot of people and, you know, the unknown on the other side. There was unknown on 9-11, Katrina, everything else, but it was a little bit more compact. So it was a little bit easier to handle, you know, for, for a lot of people. Yeah. I think the other difference, too, is that, I mean, recessions are, are you know, national, of course, but 9-11 was, was New York City, right? right. Well, and also Philly, Washington area, right? So, but, so it was contained in certain areas. This is global. Yeah, no, 9-11, what I learned with 9-11, and I had to get used to this, is that, you know, being there at ground zero and losing as many people as we did, there was like an epicenter. And then as far away as the epicenter that you got, people reacted differently. Um, and obviously, the people that were there saw it one way. The people that were at 45th Street saw it a different way, Long Island, Connecticut, California, the rest of the world. Where this is, we're all feeling it's the same way. Right. Well, we're all being touched. Almost everybody knows somebody that's either had it. I had a family member pass away from it um, two weeks ago. Um, young guy, great, greatest guy, 66 years old. Um, so we're all being we're all being hit by this on an equal level. And what I'm finding is is that where 9/11 put a tremendous amount of humility into the people that were there and realized that okay, maybe I'm not as wonderful as this, and I need to change some things. And it was a slap in the face. I think you're seeing that across the board on here. And, you know, listen, maybe I'm an optimist, but, you know, maybe at the other side of this thing, we'll come out, you know, much different world than we went into it. You know, it's interesting. I thought so too, because, you know, you see all these things on social media about how this is a time when people are starting to think, right, about balance in their lives, family, sure. that's important, all those things. And yet, Yet, it's really interesting because the last few days, as you've seen uh, cities and counties and, and states starting to open things up a little, people have gone right back to some of the behaviors. And so they've had to shut things back down again. So it's interesting human behavior. It is, but I also think it's interesting um, news behavior as well. Because mm. 8,000 people showed up you know, at a beach in Miami, supposedly, but there were also how many millions of people that didn't. You know, so it's the, you know, it's the smaller groups that, you know, are really getting the press. You know, I mean, in Michigan, you had the group, that, you know, and everybody has the right to do protests and everything. I'm not arguing about that, but they focused on that rather than how many millions weren't doing it. It's never the other side. So right. a lot of the side is sensationalized um, and there's so much time being given to it. But I think in general, I I do see that. But then I see the people call me up. Do oh, you believe these people? They can't stay eight feet apart, six feet apart. Um, so there's a lot of talk on both sides. Of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, and, and listen, that's the, the way it is with everything, right? You're going to have people. Yeah. Come up. So um, it, your, your consulting uh, business, and, and I know that you do a lot of mentoring and coaching and all of that, but one of the things, I know you're, you're always, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so honored that you're on my show. I mean, this is not CMS. And CNN, I mean, you know, I can't compare to them, but. No, I want to um, argue with you like I did with, with all the other hosts. <laughs> but, but I think the one thing that stuck out to me in the work that you're doing today as a result of some of those things is crisis management, right? right. And how to deal with adversity. And so from a business perspective, you know, give us one or two things that you're advising your clients, your companies that you're working with. Um, on on things that they absolutely need to do to get through this. 
Yeah, well, the first thing that I spoke to, you know, some of my clients and actually some of the you know, higher heads of government was just simply that you have to stay connected with your people. And what's going to happen is that everybody's going to show a united front, especially in the beginning. The first couple of weeks, the adrenaline's kicking in, but everybody's all in. Okay, and then I explained to them, the adrenaline kicks in, and then the fatigue kicks in, and then the, this, then the disheartment kicks in. And even the people that are saying to you, I got this, I'm great, I'm, I'm all in, they're hurting inside. They are scared inside. So if you can, once in a while, just take them aside privately and say, how you doing? How's your family doing? Connect with them. Because what happens in these times, and we saw it during 9-11, and as you know, I work very closely with Vinny Viola, you know, the owner of the Panthers and Virtue and all the other stuff that he's done. And, and I was on his team and he ran it like a military operation, but he kept connected with all of us. And that was a great learning experience. So if you can first understand that your team, while showing it, they're all showing that they're, they're all in, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. In there, and that most importantly, force them to get some rest once in a while. If you don't have your top team, okay, I mean, there would be times that people, he would just say, go to the hotel, go sleep for two hours. You know, you have to stay sharp because if you don't stay sharp, you start making mistakes. The second thing that I tell them is that get ready to make some mistakes. Okay, we did some great things on, on getting it up on 9-11. I mean, some, you know, Vinny was up literally on the roof, ankle deep in oil that was stolen out of the generators I mean, crazy stuff. But we also made some mistakes, right? And it's okay that to realize that when you make the mistake, especially in a crisis situation, not to freak out about it, not to overthink about it, not to dwell on it, just get your team together and say, okay, we screwed up. Okay, pivot, move, let's go. Because we don't have the time to mess up. Okay, especially you know when we were going back then. This is a little bit slower moving. Um, but don't beat yourself. No one's going to bat a thousand on this, on this coronavirus. It, it's just not going to happen. And once you get onto that, you can start thinking clearly, efficiently, and then we talk about, you know, obviously about what's, you know, the next thing that you find out is you find out who does step up and who shies away. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other night, huge company, massive company. And he said to me, he goes, well, I now know who from my senior staff won't be here next year. You know, because, you know, they, you know a lot of people can tend to, after they get into the swing of things, they can just float. We all, we've all seen it. And then when the crap hits the fan, well, that person doesn't step up or can't step up. Well, this isn't the last time we're going to be going through a crisis management situation. So at some point, this person or these people will be let go. Yeah. And, you know, he'll be able to build the team even stronger than it was. This is where the time that people get weeded out a little bit. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And, and I have to say, I mean, I, I talk constantly about our team at Junior Achievement. Um, and I have to say that, you know, they, they don't quit. I mean, none of them are sitting back. It's constant new ideas, innovation. How can we do this? How can we do that? Sure. Um, and so I'm really, really proud that the core team that we have is just so solid and so committed. And I think this is really what it comes down to. I have never seen a team more committed to their why, to the mission. Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, I've told you, I've been very lucky with my entire career, I've done some great things. I mean, not great things myself, I'm saying wonderful experiences, let's put it that way. An amazing experience, but the one that I probably enjoyed the most <laughs> is illustration, and this is no kissing, you know what, it's, it's just true. You know, you've seen me when I walk into your organization, when I'm dealing with the kids, or when we're having the events, or things like that, out of all the things that I've ever done, you know, this junior achievements has been the most gratifying thing, and, you know, when we're helping these kids with financial literacy, especially at a time now where you're really gonna need it. 
And these are kids that, you know, are underserved and, and really need the help in this. Um, and what I love about these kids just absorb it all. You know, these yeah. kids. They're like sponges. Yeah, they're like, oh, tell me more. And, that, you know, I remember one time after my speech that I had, I was, I can't believe some, some kid follows me into the bathroom. And I looked around and I'm like, hi. And he goes, you know, Mr. Greenberg, I just want to tell you, I, I don't have a father. And I learned more in the last half an hour. And you really touched me. And can I keep in touch with you? Yeah. You know, I don't care how what good of a trade I've ever had, what good of a deal I've ever had, what I've ever been part of. I walked out of junior achievement that day and there was no better feeling in the world. So thank you for that. So I remember the first day we met. Listen, you know how I feel about our mission, but I think you're so right. And I think, you know, it's interesting. We we're so focused right now, of course, on on getting people the help that they need, food, rent assistant, right? Rent assistance and all of those things. And and I get that. And that but at some point, not that far off, I think we're, you know, we're going to be less focused on that and recovery, sure. right? Helping people to get back on the path to stability. Um, and we tend to focus on the adults. Um, and with JA, I think that's, that's where Junior Achievement right now has a critical role because I think our young people were equally as affected by this, right? Their families are going through these things. Sure. Um, they're dealing with adversity. They can't see their friends. I mean, there's so many things. And, and they're, they're, doing. they're getting their due, to be honest with you. I think it's at every age. I mean, my son, who, you know, I've spoken about, and my daughter, you know, my daughter's 28, my son's 25, my son's working for this big Wall Street law, uh, Wall Street firm. My daughter's at a law firm. And they were rock and roll, and they're in their 20s. Remember when we were in our 20s? Right. You know, they're doing their stuff. They're going out. They're meeting with their friends. And then, boom, just shuts down. Okay, and then the high school kids, they were getting ready for their proms and this and this, boom, shuts down. And I don't think there's been enough given to the children of all different ages. I mean, I can listen, my kids aren't children, but to me, they're always going to be children. Right. But of all different ages below our age group of really what this has meant. Okay, there's so much panic about, you know, the elderly, which I think there should be, and, and people that are, work, you know, on the cusp. But these younger generation, they're they're going to need to be brought through this too on a on a mental step by step state. About I mean, literally, the world stopped on its axis. I you know, people ask me about this. Like, listen, I haven't seen anything like this. This is this is like crazy on a lot of different levels. But yeah. the younger generation, especially the high school generations, and and the kids that that we deal with that are truly underserved. Well, you know, there are some of the parents that are on the thousand car food lines in Fort Lauderdale. You know, I just donated um, money so they could do a barbecue for an entire neighborhood, you know, and that, you know, do hamburgers, hot dogs, just to get a couple couple of meals out. But I think that JA is going to have to be in the position, as you said, going forward, that it's not only going to be financial literacy, it's going to be kind of holding the kids' hands a little bit, too, to say, okay, you're going to get through this. We're going to get you through this, and you can lean on us. And it's not all about the financial literacy, but it's just about being there. And I think that's going to be very important you know, for the younger generation. So for the adults that are listening to this, my crisis management is realizing that your kids are in a crisis too. And we like to say, yeah, they're kids. They'll get over it. They're kids that deal with it. Are, oh, they're soft. They're not soft. I don't care what we went through in life. Okay. And we went up. Oh, there's your morning kiss. Sorry. Uh, my, my producer has to come out. Yeah. In the morning. We love Patrick. There we go. You got your morning kiss. Right. Thank well, you, producer. He's, from the sidelines over there. Thank yeah, you. I love you too, buddy. Say good morning, Mr. Greenberg. Morning. Right, go out there and, and be the producer on the side there. Thank you, lovey. Go ahead. 
All right. It's not a show without Patrick. Listen, Patrick is the star. You're just the co-star. So it's I need you to stay over there, though, so I can finish my conversation. Okay, thanks, buddy. He's great. So, but again, for the for the people out there, for the adults out there, you know, I don't care what we said. We all went through a lot of stuff. We never went through this. So, and I'm not one for it. Listen, I like my kids always kid around. I was the toughest but fun father they've ever seen. You know, I mean, there was I never said anything twice when I said a punishment happened. But on but on this, you know. There's a lot going on in these kids' minds, and we have to understand it, and that's important for their you know, next step evolution. So, as we, you know, just last thing I want to touch on as we talk about all this is, you know, over the next few weeks, we're going to start to re-enter right um, in, back into some sort of normal. We saw that the NFL, right, the teams put out their their schedules, and it's interesting with no uh, nothing about you know seats being you know, further apart and all of that kind of thing. Restaurants uh, are looking at how they're going to reopen with all of these special things. You know, what is what is the, the one thing that we need to remember throughout this as we start to begin to reenter? Well, the, what I hear so often is the new normal. And everybody's like, how's the new normal going to be? And what I try to explain to my clients is that we've all been through new normals. And guess what? We've all gotten used to it. I mean, new normal after 9-11 was the TSA and getting the pat-downs and everything else. New normal from college was going to work and actually having to be there on time and not just saying to your roommates, hey, I'm going to go out for a drink. New normal was going from single to married or single to married, married to single. Talk about that. That's another show. Another whole show. Right. Exactly. Or think about it from when not having a child to the next day having a child. Nobody gave you a rule book, you know, and how to do it. So what I try to explain to everybody is just take a breath about hearing about the new normal. Don't let it freak you out. Exactly. We've all been through our own new normals. And guess what? We all manage. We all get there. Will it be different? Yes. And stop comparing about what it was. Maybe what it was wasn't so great. We'll find out. Maybe what it was is that, okay, I like more space. I mean, I would never, you know. You know, I had that accident where I got blind in the right eye. I could only start eating in Manhattan with the tables that were this close to each other because I couldn't see the people in my right. Okay. But you know what? Two eyed people seeing might like a little bit more space between the tables. So, you know, so understand that while we're going into this new normal, stop yearning for the past, look forward to the future, and realize there's going to be some, some really interesting stuff that comes out of this. I mean, obviously, we have to think about all the people that we lost. And all the people that we suffered, that suffered and are still suffering and will going to lose and will suffer. Um, But out of everything, something comes out of it. And that's how the world changes. And that's how we change. And that's how we keep moving forward. Yep. And we evolve, right? As they say. I keep saying my three words that I've been using, of course, and I'm sure everybody's just, you know, you plan, you pivot. And by the way, you plan again. Yeah, you pivot again. And you plan, and then you hopefully at the end of all this, right? Like you said, you evolve. So, so my last question, which of course I ask all of my guests, is what is the main ingredient to your success? The main, I think the main ingredient that very early on, and it's funny because I talked to my when I was lecturing in colleges, I would say to the kids, "What are you going to do more than anything else?" You know, they're gonna, when you graduate, like, we're going to work hard and we're going to get married. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to clean this up for your audience. And I thought, I said, you're going to screw up more than you ever knew that you could screw up. And the greatest thing about being a trader on the floor when you're trading your own money is that 
you were in a constant state of screwing up because 70% of our, our trades all day were raw. And the key was obviously to cut your losses, ride your winners. But what it enabled us to do, and we were actually as one out of 17 traders that were brought down to Quantico because the generals wanted to think, know how we thought so quickly under that kind of pressure and under messing up so much because they wanted to explain it you know, to, the, to the military. And what we realized is that if you sit on your butt after you screw up and you just get it into your head, you're, con- you're going to continue to screw up because you're going to make bad decisions. I mean, people laugh at me all the time. I'll screw up. There's something I'm doing this house. Someone's wrong. That ah, bad trade. If you look at your screw ups, it's just a bad trade and get over it. You know, it, it opens up your mind on so many, so many different levels. My son was one of the, you know, a very good NCAA lacrosse player. When he was a little, little kid, when, you know, the ball, he missed the ball and other kids would chug their shoulders, he would just turn his shoulder and, and go. My daughter, when she was in fourth grade, her teacher calls me up and she says, what do you do? I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, well, I said in class today, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. And your daughter stood up and said, and sometimes you break even. And that's a really good day. <laughs> so I told her as a trader. So my kids from a very early age got used to, if they didn't do well on a test or if they didn't get into a competition or if they got their butt kicked in a sport, bad trade. So if people can start looking at their their decisions as not this monumental, oh my God, that every decision is heaven and earth, they'll realize when they make a bad decision, as you just said, they can pivot and go. The people that are most light on their feet and light on their mental state on, on not beating the crap out of themselves are the people that can move forward. And if you can't move forward in business, you can't go anywhere. And you know what, by the way, that applies to every part of your life, whether it's business, personal, everything, because we all make bad decisions. Listen, I used to do that going into the Midtown Tunnel. There are eight lanes. I always picked the one lane that the car didn't have the token or the money. Okay. And I used to to get really pissed. And then after a while, I'm like, eh, bad trade. And once you get to the thing of bad trade, like my friends are really shocked that sometimes, you know, I mean, I have a trader's temper. I get crazy, but I go up, you know, like this and down like this in seconds because it's like, oh, screw up really mad at something and then boom over and then people are like well, what do you think I'm like what are you talking about that was that i don't want to talk about that again it's over there's no right. point i love it that is so key so key i i love that that that, that ingredient and so that david I, I can't i don't know how to thank you for all that you do for junior achievement uh being on the executive board our innovative initiatives committee right looking at new ways for JA to create sustainability and all those things. Love the way you think uh, and your loyalty and your mentoring and all of that, not only of the kids, but but also of me. And well, so- I, I have to thank you because this has been so therapeutic for me on so many different ways because, you know, one thing that I always say in my classes when I'm teaching the kids and my clients, I'm like at the end of the day, I watched, you know, I was 24 people, 9-11. I watched the buildings come down, I was down there. And my one question is, what's your legacy? And it's not how much money you make. Okay, it's not the clothes you wear. It's not the car you drive or the house you live in. Your legacy to be remembered. And, and it's so funny because one of the kids said to me, you know, because I do a lot of, you know, for the younger, younger generation, I don't charge them. And one girl said to me, what, can, how can I pay you? I said, when you're 70 and your grandkids said, well, what was an influence in your life? I said, I met, this, I met this guy years ago. And you know what? He made a difference. So if we can all make a difference, which you're doing to so many lives, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And JA has given me that platform to do it on a much larger scale than I could ever do it on my own. So thank you. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. And to everyone watching, thank you. So many good, good 
nuggets and, and good thoughts and takeaways that came out of this today. And so I hope you enjoyed our show and we'll see you on Tuesday live at 830. Let's get cooking. And thank you, David. Uh, thank you, Lori.